0: Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast of champions. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman.
1: Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who
0: loves BOFA. Okay, that's me, Ryan Newman. I don't know what Bofa is. <laughs> okay, Ryan. well,
2: you're lucky you s- it stopped there. You're lucky
1: this is a PG podcast. Uh, I'm also joined by the other brother who wants CDs.
0: <laughs> that's me, Trey Newman. I'm gonna have to look this
1: up after pod. <laughs> I can't believe you've never <laughs> you been don't know Bofa. Bofa? <laughs> Where have you been? Oh, yes. man. this is it's inappropriate. Bofa D's. Anyway, uh, we got a lot to get to today. Uh, We're gonna (laughs) give a few takeaways from week 15. We're gonna discuss, of course, all the craziness on the coaching carousel. We thought it might not be a a crazy offseason with that, but looks like it's it's happening. And then we'll preview uh, the upcoming weekend and, of course, the playoff race. But first, we've got a couple announcements. I'm gonna get to both announcements here. Uh, One is that we're gonna put uh, some more content on YouTube moving forward. So uh, in addition to Every week, we we put up a video version of the podcast. We're gonna we're gonna try and have a, a short bonus episode on to go a little bit deeper on a specific topic. This week, we're gonna discuss the Auburn head coaching candidates, our top five uh, favorite candidates for them. Hopefully, they don't make a hire here right after we release it. But if they do, so be it. Um, so yeah, be sure to f- subscribe, like our videos there. We'd appreciate that. And then also another way you can support us is on patreon uh because this thursday at eight thirty eastern we're gonna have a little holiday zoom party so we'll just talk football hang out one of our uh patrons kenny from the the prospects 101 podcast is going to be hosting a trivia night so that should be fun uh so yeah hope to have some good turnout there again that's com slash college football bros five bucks a month five bucks a month helps support us and uh yeah it's just a, a fun little community there so that's actually one more one more announcement comes from yes. ryan
0: and it is yes. uh, from our sponsor yes our sponsor is uh MyFrontPageStory.com. it's a great service so what they offer is you will talk to um, one of their writers um, about a significant person in your life could be a spouse could be um, you know your wife your husband mom dad grandma, grandpa, anybody that you just want to write like a nice story about. And so you'll talk to a writer and they will help you craft like a really neat story. Um, And they'll, you know, include quotes from your conversation that you have with them, about a 10, 15 minute conversation that you have with the writer. Um, And what they'll do, they'll write a cool story and they'll put it on like the front page of like a a newspaper. So it'll look like just like it would on the front of a newspaper. They'll, they'll send it to you framed. Um, It's a really kind of thoughtful gift. Um, so those, the person that's receiving it obviously will really appreciate it. It's such a sentimental thing they can hang it up uh, in their house, something they will always have to kind of remind them of one of those nice things that you did. So I mean, it's a great uh, holiday gift, of course, but it's also for great for any other time. It could be for a birthday. It could be you know we got Valentine's Day coming up around the corner, so that would be a fantastic gift for that. So it's just something that's a, a really thoughtful gift. It's a real tearjerker if uh, if you're the one receiving it. So. Um, it's a great story. I mean, it's great, uh, great gift, really thought thoughtful. So, uh, go to my dot story.com, use the promo code bros 20 to get 20% off, uh, of your purchase. Um, and I'm actually setting mine up, uh, I'm doing mine on Thursday. I have my conversation, my, my phone call set up with the writer there. So, um, nice. I'm looking I can't forward wait to, to receive that. That's going to be great. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just, just for you, Mike. Yeah. But, uh, Looking forward to doing that and see uh, getting. Uh, I, I've I've seen some of their work; it's really cool. So, I know my surprise, surprise person will will enjoy it. <laughs> huh. All right, there we
1: go. story dot com promo code bros twenty. All right, let's get to college football now. We've got LSU at Florida. We got to go over aye, from, aye. from week fifteen. Just a crazy game. LSU, of course, won thirty-seven, thirty-four in an une- uneventful manner. You know, just yep. nothing, 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 special actually.
2: Uh, <laughs>
1: what'd you see here, Trey?
2: No, I mean, so if you're listening to us, you're a college football fan. You know, you know what happened. But Marco Wilson throwing the shoe, getting the penalty when LSU was going to punt away towards the end of the game is really one of the craziest things I've I've ever seen. And I immediately thought of the Austin Powers scene of who throws a shoe. That was my (laughs) my first (laughs) one. Same here. But but that also just that whole event also overshadows the fact that Cade York for L S U drilled a fifty seven yard field goal to win in the fog. It's just crazy. You know, we had to watch from the overhead spider cam because of all that fog. He nails it. I mean, but the whole game it was you could kind of see there were just moments where it felt like LSU's night earlier. That the interception that deflected off a hand, a helmet, and the guy laying on the ground and gets up. I mean, it was just the bounces were going their way. The post game win expectancy on some metrics was like LSU had no shot to win if they replayed that game. Just the series of events and turnovers and throwing shoes is just yeah. It was it was it was destiny. But but big picture, you know, Florida was a long shot to beat Bama, but the shoe throw could potentially cost them a shot at, at
0: getting to the playoff. If, if they were to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, oy, oy, oy. I, I feel for Florida, man. Uh, that's a tough way to lose a ball game. Um, I especially considering that they were just, they were the better team. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They were, they had nearly 200 more yards than LSU. Um, they obviously were minus three also in, in turnovers, which, you know, one of them was extraordinarily lucky, um and the, yeah I, I feel for Marco Wilson that was not a not a a smart move and then you guys see Dan Mullen's uh, response to that I mean what's he gonna say it's a tough call but like you know I threw a shoe like yeah <laughs> it was deserving of a penalty man he threw his shoe halfway down the field that was not cool so uh anyways I don't know I, I for Florida here I know it, it they lost the game to LSU who's was not a very good team Gull, it's just it's I'm the committee rankings just came out and i'm glad the committee didn't like drop them 10 spots or anything like that i don't think that's deserving of you know one play or two plays um florida was without kyle pitts by far their best player um i guarantee you, if they had kyle pitts ball game would have looked a lot different um so brutal brutal but uh, florida's still florida's still maybe a top five six team here so i'm you know it's it's tough. They lost.
1: They might be as far as you know how good they are because honestly, yeah. After this game, I don't feel like that different about them as a team. But they did lose. You know, even yeah. though they like Trey yeah. said, it was Bill Connolly had at ninety nine point four percent win expectancy for Florida, which was the the highest you know of a team that lost all year. So so yeah, I don't feel that much worse about them. But yeah, the, a loss to a this year mediocre LSU team has to hurt like that and, and it will so we'll we'll talk yeah. about florida's yeah. playoff chances later in the episode uh but spoiler alert i think this lowered their chances of making the playoff that's just my opinion hmm. <laughs> wow it's bold yeah thank you uh <laughs> all bold. right let's uh we got a, a few more takeaways from from
0: week 15 uh two each so yeah. ryan what do you got first one i'm gonna go with uh, the north carolina miami game here just whoa north carolina just absolutely unloaded on on the U, um, I, it was crazy. They North Carolina had seven hundred and seventy eight total yards. That's insane. <laughs> because Miami, it's not like yeah. I mean, this this isn't like a crazy AAC or Pac twelve UCLA, uh, Wazoo game. No, this is this is the U here that's supposed to have a good defense. They had five hundred fifty four rushing yards. They had one guy, Michael Carter, rush for over three hundred. Their other guy, Javante Williams, ran for over two hundred. Like it's, this it's an, the it, most it just
1: a, by two players uh, from the same team in the same game ever. And it, yeah, it actually it, broke, uh, the, it's weird that that record has been broken twice this year, and they've kind of passed Happy Era, but the, the previous record was just a few weeks
0: ago with um, Jarrett Patterson and whoever his um, backup is. Marks. Well, know, <laughs> yeah, the truth, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just utter <clears throat> utter annihilation. But, you know, this Miami team, it kind of reminded me, they were, they were 8-1, and you know, going into this game, they were top 10, you know, a good team, but it just kind of reminded me of the Mark Rick team they had a few years back with Malik Rozier where they started 10 and zero, and Malik Rozier. Yeah, I was, I,
1: I was about know, to correct yeah. you. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know, that team wasn't that good. They ended up losing their last three games pretty handily. So this year just kind of felt similar. Like, okay, they were having a good record and stuff, but it's just, they're, they weren't that great. And I mean, I didn't expect this, but, uh, you know, I mean, I guess good for the U this year, they're kind of maxing out as many wins as they probably should. They've had a lot of close wins, mm-hmm. but you know, they're just not, a top 10 type team at all right now okay yep uh my first one is pertaining to friday
2: night we've had some entertaining friday night games this year but this past you know you know last week we had the crazy louisiana app state finish but this past week though there were three notable games first north texas beat utep that's not the story the story is that there's a player that not many people know of and that's wideout jalen darden He's put up just ridiculous numbers this year. He had 173 in this game. He's got almost 1,200 yards in nine games, 19 touchdowns in nine games. He leads the country. That's that's just astounding. Um, I posted on Twitter: the
1: only player with with more receiving touchdowns in his first nine games uh, since 2000, or probably ever, is uh, I think Corey Coleman from BYU from Baylor
2: did wow. it uh, several years ago. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Um, the other game, the second game, the Territorial Cup, Arizona, my goodness, ASU, 70-7. to 7. It, it got Kevin Sumlin fired. Uh, but walk-on running back Jackson He scored, and he's believed to be the first Chinese-born player to score a touchdown in major college football. So that was pretty cool to see. Very cool. And then finally, one of our stories of the year on the podcast, San Jose State. They capped off an unbeaten regular season by beating Nevada, and they punched their ticket to the Mountain West title. We've, tra- we've talked about on this podcast for multiple weeks now the the turnaround that they've had. Brent Brennan, Coach of the Year in the conference, Coach of the Year candidate nationally. Um, they won a home game in Vegas since they had to leave because of COVID pro- lockdown. So,
0: Who's not playing in Vegas right now? <laughs> <laughs> they were... I was getting confused watching that game. It was like says New Mexico in the, in the field, then you got San Jose and it's odd uh, somebody else playing, and then it's like what? <laughs> yeah, but uh, but Weird. a good Friday night. All right.
1: Well, my uh, my Saturday night was pretty good because USC is money in the fourth quarter this year. Wow. They uh, they were down twenty eight to ten in the second half against UCLA, ended up coming back to win. Um, but it was <laughs> it was crazy at the end. UCLA hit a go ahead field goal. They were up 38-36 with 52 seconds left. But immediately, USC gets a great return. Then they throw a deep ball to Tyler Vaughn's great catch there. Great catch. And and then you're thinking, like, what do we do? Do we kind of run the ball, waste some clock, and kick a field goal to win? Well, apparently Keaton Slovis audibled into this, which is almost hard to believe. But he threw a fade to um, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown for the win. So that was was pretty awesome. Um, So at at one point in this game, they had a 6.3. USC had a 6.3 uh percent win probability per espn uh earlier this year against arizona they had 14.9 percent in in the fourth (laughs) quarter and against asu they were one tenth of one percent uh late in the fourth quarter so they've just had some miraculous comebacks keaton slovis since last year 76 percent completions 13 touchdowns zero interceptions in the fourth it's ridiculous
2: i was um his career that's astounding his career yeah exactly He's a freak. But I was actually curious about the I'm generally curious. I don't know the answer, but USC in that scenario, you never see a team throw a fade like that. Most teams would just settle it and then kick a field goal. In the end, UCLA ended up getting a pretty good look at a Hail Mary, like at the you know, forty five yeah. yardish. I'm just very curious to know what the odds would have been if they ran the clock down, kick a field goal. I don't I don't know, but it was Well no, that USC didn't have any timeouts, right? UCLA they, no USC didn't
1: oh, have any timeouts. USC right? didn't, no, we didn't have could. any timeouts. So it, it did make it a little dicey to to run the ball and then yeah, yeah. have to spike. But if you you could spike it with I, what I didn't want to do was have to spike it with under ten seconds left because then you risk a false start, false which is start. a 10-second yeah, yeah. runoff, game over. So I was uh, I was worried but about like, that. But but you're right, yeah. Trey. I think like maybe running just kind of centering the ball and then spiking it with like fifteen seconds kicking a field
2: goal is that higher percentage? I don't know, but but it was uh when they threw the fade you were kind of stunned because you don't you're not used to seeing it but it was awesome no
0: i was not expecting but it the the good thing was they had to ucl had to score a touchdown on the return back you know so yeah. if they were going to go up like one two or three usc and that tends you know end zone per thing i probably would have changed my mind like uh maybe you should have done like waited but since ucl had to go score a touchdown I think UC, USC probably handled it right. Like, just go go score a touchdown, go up by make UC, USC UCLA go the whole field in yeah. less thirty seconds or whatever it was. So, yeah, good point. All right, what else you got, Ryan? Um, all right, um, okay. My second takeaway is I think maybe we all uh, jumped the gun a little bit here on Wisconsin's freshman quarterback Graham Mertz. Um, obviously, that first game against Illinois, I mean, he was practically perfect. He was like twenty of twenty-one, had five touchdowns. Uh, just lit up Illinois and was like, wow, this guy's, they don't miss Jack Cone at all. I mean, he's, this guy's legit because he was a big recruit and you thought, okay, it'd be fit right in well. Um, and then his second game against Michigan was still pretty good. He had two touchdowns, no picks as well. Um, but then the last three games, he has been really bad. He's completed about 55% of his passes, one touchdown, five picks. Of course, they've lost all these games. Um, you know, the level of competition stiffened a little bit, sure, but, I mean, he has just not looked nearly like we thought he kind of would in the first game or t- game or two, and uh, I think we all jumped the gun a little bit. He's still a freshman. I mean, I think he's going to be good in the long run. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, it's been a weird year. He but, needs some uh, better skill talent around him too. Yeah, he need, he needs more talent around him for sure. Uh, but uh, there, there's he's still got some some holes in his game right now. Speaking of quarterbacks,
2: Georgia and JT Daniels. Um, they're a different team in with him in at quarterback now. I'm aware they haven't played Murderers Row uh, in the SEC, but in his three games that he started, he's 67 percent, nine touchdowns, one pick. Just when you watch it, he's just a clear upgrade upgrade from uh, Mathis and Bennett from earlier in the year. They, I mean, just last week they just destroyed a top 25 Missouri team on the road, and the defense they held missouri a good running team to 22 yards on 22 carries so if i'm a georgia fan earlier in the year i'm concerned i'm like wow this is this is not good we're falling behind but all of a sudden you now have to be pretty excited going into 2021 that you've got a chance especially with the full offseason with jt daniels yeah agreed yeah. he's been better
1: than than i thought he would be as you know i saw a lot of him at usc and you know wasn't super impressed his freshman year of course he was a true freshman and you know not the best offense but uh but yeah, he's, he's gotten a lot better. He's been
0: good. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. That's why Georgia, I think, uh, some people are underrating as far as, um, uh, you know, some people have a little tough time with them being in the top 10, but yeah, they are definitely a top 10 team with JT Daniels. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, their strength of record, I think is like 10th or so. So I don't know. I don't have a I huge... mean, the two losses are to Florida and Bama.
1: So let's, uh, let's cut them some slack here. Um, Alright, Western Michigan, Ball State. I, we gotta bring that up. This nearly one of the craziest endings of all time, because this is a play-in game for the for the Mac Championship, so there were some stakes here. So Ball State had a 30 to 27 lead. If you haven't watched it, you just gotta just Google it and watch it. But uh last play of the game for Western Michigan, last chance, they started from midfield and they had 15 laterals in the play. At one point, the ball kind of hits the ground and it's in between a few players so ball state just rushes the field they think someone recovered that's it, the game worst over. thing
0: for uh, for the defense in that situation everybody thinks the game's over exactly
1: always. so it's not over though no one's blown a whistle uh western michigan picks it up they keep going more laterals and at one point like two ball state players are pretty much hugging the Western <laughs> yeah. michigan player with the ball but they're not really trying to take him down they're kind of like half like is this place still going or not <laughs> and it was and so he he pitched it again and they ran for a touchdown referee signals touchdown unbelievable western michigan's going to the 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 mac championship but there was a flag it was there was one forward pass uh on the play legal forward pass barely but but it did look to be forward so
0: oh that was insane (laughs) unbelievable that was uh it's crazy how nobody how so many people just don't grasp the uh if it's going backwards and hits the ground like it happens all the time yeah people seem yeah. to think often it's like oh it's incomplete
1: or something people yeah, make I that mistake know, they or just
0: give up as, soon as the ball goes down it's like not at all yeah
1: anyway uh also got to ring up sarah fuller going two for two on extra points and they, yes. their game got canceled this weekend so looks like her career's over but that's not pretty bad. cool that she got She's the perfect.
2: chance to score points for a power five team never happened before. i'm glad she got the score after last week only being able to kick yeah off. i know right that's yeah. awesome army beat navy too right let's uh P- nothing yep yeah. exactly
1: let's get to the coaching carousel is our segment today so first off one team that it doesn't look like will be will be taking a spin in the carousel is texas uh athletic director chris del conti announced that tom herman will remain their head coach do you guys think that's the right decision
2: personally i do um i'm not writing herman off uh sure it, you know at this point in his tenure, they're maybe not exactly where you thought they would they would be, but Texas is better since he got there. Um, they just haven't taken that that next step that obviously a lot of Longhorn fans want, and a lot of college football fans think they think they should. But I just personally feel it might be a little too soon to pull the plug and you know give it another year to, to see how it can develop. And I don't you know I don't like it when schools have quick triggers on on decisions like this. And if it's really true that Urban Declined, which we don't know that, but if there's kind of rumors out there, then it's even a wiser move because it could have been one of those cases where the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I do think this is the right call. Um, I, I agree. I still think he can succeed. Um, obviously their game against Kansas was canceled, but you know had that game played, they would have finished seven and three um, with three pretty kind of heartbreaking losses. Um, it's not like they were getting outclassed. Like they weren't, yeah OU wasn't beating them by like 30 they went to overtime against OU and barely lost right so they are an overtime win away well I guess they lost but an overtime game away from being in the big 12 championship game but you know they they just they flipped that game against OU and they're in so and then of course you go back to the TCU game where they fumbled on the one yard line Keonta, Keonta Ingram fumbled on the one yard line about to go in to score a touchdown the last minute or two of the game boom they lose that game so they're right there to being in a very 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 good spot um so if and we're not having this conversation if those two things change so it's a very i know hey they lost the game okay whatever people always make that argument but it's just like it's kind of like a little jim harbaugh thing for the pre- previous four or five years like he was always so close hard, yeah. hard to hard to do it although it's not the best argument now it's michigan stinks but <laughs>
1: right well and uh, you just like with texas you look at their uh you know, say their power rating or predict in their rating and predictive metrics, they're not where they should be with your Texas, but, but they're not, it's not that bad. And like you said, Trey, the sky gotten, isn't falling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think one more year, this is a weird year, new coordinators on both sides of the ball. So I'd say, give them one more year, save some money. You couldn't get yeah. urban Meyer anyway. And, and I don't know, it just kind of makes
0: sense to, to give it one more shot. I think. And, and his, his 2018, 2019 recruiting classes, you know, which those guys will be third and fourth year players next year. Um, those classes were both ranked third nationally. So they're still kind of on the younger side this year. They're going to be the the team next year. Um, third nationally, those that's some elite talent that they're going to have leading their squad. But if you go back the year before that 2017, so the guys that were like seniors, mainly this year, those guys were 25th ranked according to 24, four twenty seven sports. So that's, that's a massive mm-hmm. difference there. So I think, uh, this next coming year is like okay. He's got all his talent. There's really no excuses at all. Um, top rank, top rank recruits. Your your guys that you've had for a long time. Put up or shut up for real. Uh, I, I think he deserves at least one more year. Yeah, we kind of thought this year was the
1: put up or shut up, but it, he kind of put up just enough in a weird year. To, yeah, to hang
0: on. exactly. He did.
1: But and it's a weird year. So all right, and, let's get to the firings though. The big one, of course, Gus Malzahn has finally been fired after rumors for years. Uh, after going six and four in in the SEC this year. Um, so my thoughts are, he did a, a good job overall in his tenure. He nearly won a national championship in year one. He beat Saban a few times. Uh, just a few years ago, 2017, they were a game away from making the playoff. They were in the SEC title. Um, and he always seems to have one of the toughest schedules in the country um, with tough out of conference and of course playing in the SEC West. So I think his his one loss records, you could you can kind of chop off a loss every year and that would kind of be more fair uh depiction but so having said all those things i'm still okay with it because it might have just gotten stale the fans aren't happy with them if the boosters are willing to put up 20 million to to have them go away then and and start fresh with someone new then
2: i I don't have a big problem with it i i think the nail in the coffin was the iron bowl where they just got smoked and they were outclassed but i personally i don't know i I don't feel like you make a move like this and spend all this money if you don't know who you're getting. Like, they better make a splash higher because, like with Texas, I don't know if the grass is always greener on the other side. Like, Auburn is a tough jo- It's a really good job, but it's really tough when you consider they're in the same state as Alabama. They're playing the SEC West, and yeah. their crossover every year is Georgia. Like, that's, that's tough sledding. So it's just, I feel like whoever comes in the only success for a new coach is basically winning the sec and that's a tall order right there. I mean, but I, I do hear the, the yeah. argument that maybe it's a little stale and whatnot, but, uh, I just, they, I hope they, I hope they,
0: they nail the hire. Yeah. That's uh, I yeah that, yeah, it, it's, it's tough. I mean, he, he was winning more than he's averaged more than eight wins per year. Um, with some Michael, Michael said with some routinely, brutally tough schedules, like, like last year, they played seven ranked teams. Um, that's that's a lot of ranked teams. They beat Alabama last year in the Iron Bowl. They won nine games. I mean, that was a really, really good year in 2019 that, that Auburn had. Um, you know, even this year, I, I know they got whooped by Bama, but who hasn't gotten whooped by Bama? They were six and four and against only SEC teams. And, you know, if you have a non conference, kind of like usual, that's, you know, an eight and four, nine, nine and three type of team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we knew going into this year, at least a lot of most uh, reasonable people that follow uh really closely, Auburn probably wasn't gonna be that great this year. This probably wasn't gonna be Gus's best team with the amount of talent that they lost on in the trenches. Um I knew they had a quarterback coming back, but <laughs> you know, those trenches are trenches are kind of the main deal. If you lose all that, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. So um, you know, he's got a really good past few recruiting classes. The talent's still gonna be really good coming in next year. So I don't know. I may be in the minority here, but I think they should have kept him. Um I think he's done a good job um i i think with uh like trey said what, what do you expect i mean he competes every now and then for an sec west title are you expecting people to you know come in and win the sec routinely that's not reasonable so okay you know he, uh I, I think he's done a good job i think it's a little unfair trey's always been on his in his kind of i like, know in his I, corner. i've
2: been a homer but this is uh it's a tough gig i mean i but i didn't i, I also didn't realize from, i also did not realize though to michael's point he has lost four games every year except for that very first year, um, granted the tough schedule. But I, I was a little surprised to see that. I thought it was a little bit better. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that was good to get kind of both sides of the argument there.
1: Uh, how about candidates? Because I, I agree. Like, if you fire Gus Malzahn, you better bring in a pretty good coach because I, I think Gus Malzahn is, is pretty good. Um, so, we're again, we're going to go more in depth in this in our YouTube video, but... Hugh Freeze, Billy Napier, and Mario Cristobal, I think, are maybe the three best candidates that are that have been thrown out as as you know uh, highly likely you know candidates. Um, Kevin Steele, the current defensive coordinator, is getting some buzz. Apparently, has some support with a lot of buzz. boosters. That to me would be very underwhelming. Not that he can't be successful, like we always say, but like you're getting rid of Gus Malzahn and you're hiring the defensive coordinator who. I know it was a long time ago, but his previous head coaching stint was at Baylor, where he went one and thirty-one in Big Twelve play.
2: I don't know. I mean, it, it, like I say, it could work out, but I would be underwhelmed. I would totally be underwhelmed. And he's he's been part of this the Auburn culture that's been in the program the last what however however long Malzahn's been there seven eight years. But um, well, yeah, the that Steel's be... been there for I don't know. Three oh, that's years true. Or he, yeah, but still, he, he's he's yeah. still part of this this recent regime, so. Anyways, um, yeah, that, that would be crazy. I think Hugh Freeze would be intriguing just because we have we saw what he did at Ole Miss. Obviously, there were some sanctions, but he's no question he's proved at Liberty that he can succeed. He, he knows how to coach up an offense. It'd be kind of ironic because his quarterback this year was an Auburn transfer, Malik Willis, who did really great. So it'd be, yeah. you know, there'd be some irony if he goes goes to the Plains. Um so there you know there's some other names matt campbell where the bros all love matt campbell from iowa state best program stretch in, in history there no reason to yeah. think he couldn't succeed somewhere else um any other names you, you think about
0: ryan sark steve sarkeesian yeah mm-hmm. i mean leading a couple of the best offenses ever uh, at alabama so it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a bad hire um yeah that's i mean that's about them i mean i've seen bill clark thrown out there but he didn't really i don't know if he really has a shot at it but yeah i mean they got a, there's a good list of coaches that yeah you know the guys we've named i, I like the names. so uh kevin Steele, like we said kind of doesn't really excite me but i don't know yeah we'll see just to correct myself he's steel's been there since 2016 so
1: yeah a while uh all right how about let's move on to uh arizona kevin sumlin is out like we said after losing 70 to seven we even need to touch on the thoughts on this what's that <laughs> do we
0: need to really t- talk about the thoughts? yeah i think on it was one?
1: fair uh
0: what candidates do you like right <laughs> yeah uh candidates uh brent brennan uh killing it right now at this year at uh, san jose state um i mean if you have success at san jose that's uh that's saying something um two other guys that i'm kind of thinking of Kalen DeBoer. uh we all like him uh, former indiana offensive coordinator kind of turned them around offensively and then he's done a decent job at fresno and my last guy i'll go with is alex grinch the the uh ou defensive coordinator he's obviously led a resurgence there for the ou defense did a wonderful job at wazoo as we know so he's familiar with pac-12 um i think he'd be a good hire and they obviously need a fix on that side of the ball so <laughs> yeah. yeah grinch would be um, one could guy you didn't that. bring up Jay Norvell
1: at Nevada um, he's obviously done a, a good job there uh, even Sar- Sarkisian if he wants to come back to yeah. the Pac-12 that that could be a good hire offensive coach uh, Sean Lewis I'd be a great hire for Arizona I think it would yeah uh, I think so Sean Lewis from Kent State another offensive guy who's done a, a great job so I don't know with with the job like Arizona I feel like the bar's a little bit lower in terms of the hire I, I think there's Quite a few guys that that would be de- i mean brian harson would be kind of a, a dream hire if
2: he's willing to take take it from I, Boise. I would like. Yeah. i would like carson um but back to someone though i just i'm so willing to admit here like i was so wrong on him i thought same i thought he was the perfect hire for u of a not maybe some major program but like especially when he inherits khalil tate like i did not see this coming at all i just proves that you know i don't I obviously don't know everything. <laughs> um but there's there's another there's another name that I saw which was kind of surprising. It was Joe Salavea, the Oregon's co defensive coordinator. He played at Arizona. He's actually one of the betting favorites early, which is kinda mm. surprising because his name doesn't get thrown out there that much. But uh, and Michael, what about Graham Harrell? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, Graham Harrell from offensive coordinator at USC. He's done a very good job there. That would that would be a good hire too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah.
2: there's a there's yeah. a lot of decent candidates for U of A there. All right, Lovey
1: Smith, the last uh, firing we got here. Lovey Smith is out at Illinois. Do you
2: think that was that was fair to get rid of him, Trey? I I do. They just outside of a couple surprising wins the last few years. There, Illinois was they weren't trending uh, forward enough, and there wasn't enough excitement about the program. And on the other side, this is one that I could have told you about. Like this was didn't seem like there was much juice with this hire uh, for the long run. But uh, but I'll give you a couple of names. Um, juice Williams, you mentioned yeah you mentioned earlier michael uh sean lewis the young hot name from from kent state nearby could be fun he's he's obviously turned around kent state from rock bottom uh jim leonard wisconsin's defensive coordinator he's he's led
0: a a great badger defense the last few years similar or familiar with the big 10 yeah yeah no doubt about it um yeah lovey smith if he being fired was the right call i agree with that um I think uh, we can kind of agree that Luke Fickle's maybe a pipe dream for for Illinois. I think yeah, they uh, should call it, give it a shot. Though. I mean, they yeah, should. give it yeah. a look. But uh, yeah, I think Fickle's going to hold out for a little bit better gig than that. Uh, I've heard Brett Bielema being thrown out there. I've seen some oof, references to him. Oof. I think he's with the Giants right now. That would not right be now. exciting. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily hate it if I was Illinois. Um, another guy that was been thrown out, I know, uh, is uh, Cincinnati's defensive coordinator uh, Marcus Freeman um if you can't get it fickle maybe go to the next guy right behind him uh marcus friedman has done a fantastic job obviously with that really really good Cincy defense so
1: yeah lance leopold from buffalo another guy that would be where he's been so would be a good hire all right let's get to some teams that have made their coaching hires blake anderson has left arkansas state to become the head coach at utah state to replace gary anderson uh you could debate which is the better job between between those two gigs, Arkansas State and Utah State, but it it you know from the reporting, it just seems like uh, Blake Anderson needed a change of scenery. Of course, his wife passed away, um, and might have yeah. just needed to, to to go to a different spot. and And I think it's a, a good hire for for Utah State. Arkansas yeah. State under Anderson this year was was a down year, but the previous six years he'd been there, seven, eight, nine wins every year. Yeah, I like that
2: hire. Yep. Uh, next one. Is Butch Jones is now Arkansas State's head coach. He's replacing Anderson. I think it's a decent hire. Uh, I'm not yeah. giving it an A plus, but I think it's solid. He's had success at the the Group of Five level. Uh, Cincinnati, Central Michigan. He had moments at Tennessee, and now we've kind of seen how difficult it is to win. Uh, you know, over the past twenty years or so there for uh, for the Vols. And he's been with Saban at Alabama in the last couple of years, so I like it.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a good one. Uh, oh, I got Kane Womack here, uh, the Indiana's, uh, defensive coordinator. He's the new head coach over at South Alabama. Um, last couple years, uh, Indiana defense, I mean, they got better and better. Uh, so I, I don't see why this is, wouldn't be a good hire for, for, uh, South Alabama. Um, this, this past year for, for Indiana, they're giving up less than 20 points per game. Uh, that's, that's pretty impressive for, uh, for Indiana and the, his two years that he was the coordinator, they improved five points per game each year. So that's, uh, that's some steady progress that you'd like to see i i don't see why it's not a good hire yeah and i think he was on the the south
1: alabama staff before so yeah he he was the yeah knows the program yep uh okay last hire we have is clark lee notre dame's defensive coordinator is now the head coach at vanderbilt and it makes some sense he played at vanderbilt um did a great job with notre dame's defense the last the last few years to me it's not super exciting it kind of feels like the Derek Mason hire. It um, doesn't mean it's going to work out the same way. It just kind of has that same feeling as it's happening. Um, it's just always hard to judge a guy who hasn't been a head coach. Even it's hard to judge when guys have been head coaches. So um, yeah. who knows? But I, I personally would have preferred Will Healy. I feel like he would have brought more excitement initially to the program, kind of proven culture builder as a head coach. But people have good things to say about Lee. So yeah. we will see. All right. Uh, let's get to championship week upcoming this weekend and let's first break down the, the playoff scenarios before we talk about the the specific matchups so uh we'll go in order of of the top teams trey why don't you start us out with alabama what are their chances of making the playoff mm.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah so obviously if they win uh against florida they're the number one seed and really unless they lose by 100 and mac jones gets hit by a car they're they're in but just at a lower <laughs> seed right? had yeah. Well, yeah, that was dark <laughs> a little <Yeah>. bit.
1: <laughs> but no, agreed. Alabama in no matter what. So, all right, Notre Dame next. Florida's loss uh, makes them them safer for sure. So if if Notre Dame wins, they're obviously in. They're undefeated. If they lose, they're still probably in because I don't think I don't think one loss A is going to jump them. No way. Um, And two, two loss, loss Florida, Florida SEC champion. I also yeah. don't think so, Ryan. I mean, we can.
0: We can no, I maybe talk, I, I agree with you there. I'm I'm in the same
1: boat. Well, I know you disagree, Ryan, but I <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, so I think uh, maybe if they get blown out, AM can somehow pass them, but I think it's unlikely.
0: Yeah, maybe not even then. Um, yeah. Clemson, uh, the third team here. Um, obviously, if they win, they are in. Uh, there's just no debating. Uh, they lose, um, they'd have two losses, of course, to Notre Dame i i won't say they're completely out for sure um but it's it'd be an uphill battle um so this is kind of the debate here uh that i was thinking of if so let's say you know alabama notre dame in because they whatever uh ohio state wins undefeated they're in that's three for sure and then you got clemson two loss a and m one loss who are you putting in who's in between those yeah two loss clemson one loss a and m
1: I feel like we talked about this last week and I had just assumed, okay, two lost Clemson, they're out. I don't know. I mean I I'm not willing to bet my life on that because yeah. Clemson will have two losses, let's say it's close, two close losses to the number two team in the country. Yep. And one of them was without, you know, several key players, including their starting quarterback. Um then you have to look at who's their best win it's true it's true they don't have Miami I guess uh yeah. yeah I mean I
2: I think Clemson is better than A&M but you could say A&M's got that win over Florida that would be that would weigh over something Clemson done I don't I don't know if it no I agree with you I think that's why I
1: think A&M would get in I think their resume wins and losses is but Clemson, definitely be better
2: Clemson would both of them would love if Ohio State beat lost to Northwestern they, well yeah. sure
1: <laughs> sure but I guess I guess it sounds like overall our answer is A and M would get in, but we wouldn't bet our life on it there. Right, it's close. Yeah, just it'd because be, it'd the be, committee be close. could lean on. We just think Clemson's a lot better. Right, it'd be uh, splitting hairs. All right, I've got Ohio. St- is it me? Yeah. Oh wait, no. Let me talk about A here. Uh here. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, no.
2: You you go AM. Yeah, Ohio we got State Ohio State. So they're they're sitting in a, in a pretty good spot, especially considering they've only played five games up to this point. But, assuming they beat Northwestern, they're most likely in, but just to be safe, you know they'll be rooting for Notre Dame to to beat Clemson just to kind of avoid two uh two a c c teams in there,
0: yeah
2: uh really, their worst case scenario is if Clemson beats Notre Dame and Florida kind of puts it to Bama, then you're like you've gotta deal with with Florida versus ohio State I think I still think Ohio State would get in, but it would yeah. just be an added an added element because I mean they the, the committee they lo- they love conference championships and if you win the SEC against the number one team but yeah. but anyways I I'm very confident Ohio State will beat Northwestern and they'll be in
1: yeah agreed all right so A and M so they're the the fifth team right now in the rankings so and let's assume they beat Tennessee for this argument so they just need to to pass one team they're not passing Bama that's not happening. Uh, Notre Dame. They could pass Notre Dame I talked about, but I I doubt it. So, uh, let's say they can't pass those teams. So, they need to hope for Clemson to lose. Um and we we kind of we're having these discussions over and over again, but I think they'd get in over a two-loss Clemson. Um but Be close, who knows? Yep. Uh or they need even better i think would be ohio state losing because they are i have to say definitely getting in over one loss ohio state ohio state just would not have the resume there's no no doubt even though we think they're really really good they yeah they'd be out so uh so yeah that's that's what they have to help for those one of those two things to happen clemson losing or ohio state losing
0: yep yeah could happen No, no doubt could happen
1: all right, so are there any scenarios for teams other than what we've listed? I guess we talked about
0: Florida a little bit. Does anyone want to expound on that? Well, if if um if Clemson loses, you know, you'd have two-loss Clemson and and if Ohio State loses as well. I, I think what I think well, wow, this is getting, you know, little into the nitty-gritty here, but you know, yeah. you you would have like four almost four teams here. So you got two-loss Clemson, one-loss Ohio State, one loss, A and M, two loss, Florida. <laughs> That's the SEC champ. You know, hey, I feel like Ohio State would A&M be the worst in that. A and M could lose to Tennessee. That's the thing. True, true. And I Good think point.
1: Florida. I think Florida needs that. Let's have the Florida A and M discussion because Florida. True. They're they're going to have to pass A and M if they want to get in. I think. Fair enough. I don't think a two loss Florida is going to pass a one loss A and M because even though they're florida's the sec champ they would have beaten Bama, the best team in the country they would have a win against georgia but they'd have a loss to lsu which is a bad loss and even worse almost than the lsu the loss, loss is a and m because that's the team they're trying to argue against so i don't know ryan we had this discussion a little bit before the podcast yeah. you think florida two loss florida could pass
0: i mean could do you think they I would think pass they could. one loss and it's such a tough call. I just have such respect for a team uh, like Florida that would have beaten Alabama, that would say, like, wow, are you serious? Like, the best, one of the best teams we've seen in a long time, Bama's just rolling everybody, and Florida beat them. I mean, and their two losses were heartbreaking fashion, where they were missing their best player in one game, in the fog, guy threw a shoe. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then it was obviously a close loss at the end. Like, I think I could forgive that, when you, you tell me that I just they just beat Alabama, the best team in the country, so uh, I think it's would be more impressive than anything that A and M has done. I, you know, I, I I personally would put Florida in over a, a, a one loss A and M, uh, but I'm not on okay. the committee. I guess that would be it'd be close, man. I'm telling you, it'd, it'd be close.
1: It'd be close. I think I I side personally, and I think the committee would side with with A and M. I mean, one loss, yeah. but they're the and they beat Florida. They kept Florida really up relatively the only
2: high. T- they're the only team, though, that that has a chance um, with some chaos. Are these other there's some other teams like Oklahoma, Iowa yeah. State, uh, winner and Cincinnati. Like even if there's kind of pure chaos, it would. I don't see a path for them to really get up there, unfortunately. Especially the Big Twelve, with they each have two losses. Like yeah, definitely not. A, Cincinnati is yeah, like a hundred percent out, pretty much. Out. Yeah, which is fair or unfair, yeah.
1: Iowa State, I mean, do you think, so say, so they need they're to pass sixth, two teams. Is, they're sixth. Iowa State needs to pass two teams. So say they crush OU, um, mm-hmm. do you think that would be enough to get them over AM? One loss, they, probably not. No. One loss, A&M. I don't think so.
2: Whatever. They Let's need, say A&M, they need A&M loses. Tennessee. Yeah, then a and loses.
0: And Ohio State to lose.
1: And, they and Ohio State lose. loses. So then, then they're dump, jumping two teams. Like that could happen? Are they jumping Ohio that State? That is
2: for sure? uh, one it's loss not Ohio for State, sure, but that's uh, not for sure. But I think a lot of people are mm-hmm. like, you know, Ohio State's body of work wouldn't be that impressive. Yeah, it would to be Western. very unimpressive. So I think uh, that, that that that's true. There is, I guess, that's true. Iowa State has a shot if there's yeah. some. Cadence. Or I guess
1: you could replace Oklahoma in there. I feel like if Oklahoma wins, they
0: maybe similar make a resume jump.
1: But anyway, yeah. all right, that's that. Hey, how about USC? Come on, guys. Hang hey, on. Did you see the well, odds? They should be
0: 49% chance, makes the and then miraculously <laughs> oh, yeah. it went up to 50 like an hour later for no reason. Yeah, ESPN's FPI uh,
1: playoff <laughs> predictor is very very off. USC has uh basically 0% chance, so yeah. Which Maybe. I'm fine with. I know they'll be undefe- if they win, they'll be
0: undefeated and their strength of record will be good, but just haven't looked impressive in Like your stats record, that you so. showed earlier or you talked about earlier in the pod like 99.9 percent yeah. 1 percent 8 percent like
2: yeah They're yeah not, hasn't yeah. been impressive all right
0: uh
1: let's get to the conference championships so we'll start with on friday we've got the mac championship ball state against buffalo buffalo's favored 13 and a half at
0: ford field in detroit what do you think ryan yeah it's big spread here for uh mac title game uh 13 and a half's a lot um and for that reason i'm gonna take i'm gonna go with uh ball state i'm gonna go with the team uh drew plitt uh, QB, he's had a good year, uh, good passing QB for them. They've won five in a row. Um, the last three, they won against Toledo, Central Michigan, and Western Michigan. All three good teams. Two of them on the road, so they're a proven team. They're they're a good, solid squad. Um, I just don't expect them to uh, you know get their doors blown off, um, even though Buffalo has pretty much done that to every team they've played this year. But uh, I think Ball State will be their their stiffest challenge yet. So yeah, I'll take I'll take Drew Plitt to, to keep it interesting.
2: Yeah, because you you touched on Buffalo, they've just been mauling teams on their schedule, but they've been the beneficiary of playing two of the worst teams in the country, Bowling Green and Akron. Um, you know, if it if this game falls at all on Van and not the running game, then th- that's where they're at least the most vulnerable. We it's all a big know if, about. gotta the, say <laughs> the running
0: attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah they not a good
2: defense. <laughs> um and you know he can Plitt can spin it he's got one of the, the best names in football Yohanes tyler uh i say ball state <laughs> covers as well ryan mm-hmm. yeah i agree with you guys it does hurt that
1: their their star running back caleb huntley opted out for for this game but uh we but i think their offense out, has yeah. enough to hang in there uh let's get to the pac-12 championship also on friday it is not washington against usc because washington had to cancel that was my pick uh, oh yeah you picked washington to win the pac-12 this year yeah. Tough luck. I had a 25 to 1 ticket on them, so that was real tough luck for me. Wow. We're, uh, we're both hurting. But anyway, the uh, second place team in the North, Oregon, will be taking on USC uh, in the Coliseum, and the Trojans are favored three and a half. Trey?
2: Yeah. My, you know, my eyes tell me SC is better, but some of the numbers and metrics point me to Oregon. Uh, Oregon's defense has been disappointment this year but the run defense has been the the main issue um lucky for them sc hasn't been overly effective with the ground game particularly because they they have keaton slovis and a stud group of receivers so it's not not entirely that but um and then when you look at sc's defense i don't love the defense as a whole i do i really do like watching talanoa hufunga he's he's a stud there. but overall yeah he's great he's made a lot of great plays this year Overall, though, SC, I just feel they've been they've been very fortunate, really clutch in three of their wins to their credit. So I could see another close game. So I'm going to take the three, three and a half uh, for Oregon, but I think SC can pull out another squeaker.
1: Yeah, these t- teams seem pretty similar to me in terms of skill level. The, the only difference being that USC won its close games and Oregon didn't, but... Um i i see this one being close I, I think both offenses will have success against underwhelming defenses and oregon is coming off of a bye whereas usc is is on a, a short week so uh, i'll take three and a half uh
0: I, i'm gonna take the trojans here uh i think the they have the a big edge uh, at the qb position I, I i'm not impressed with shuck he hasn't been bad but keaton slovis is been very very good michael mentioned those numbers fourth quarter stats uh in his career has been amazing um he's got more weapons uh, i trust usc's offense i know they don't run the ball really at all but that's okay it's an air raid you don't really need to all right? you got three incredibly good receivers uh incredibly good quarterback um i think they'll be able to move the ball uh early and often against that duck defense so i think they can cover that three and a half all right
1: moving on to saturday we got the big 10 championship nebraska against ohio state oh let's, go. Wow, oh, yes. let's go oh man what a shame we were this close. Northwestern records <laughs> isn't
0: the Big Ten title game. <laughs> no,
1: yeah, Nebraska records. <laughs> Northwestern against Ohio State. Buckeyes favored twenty and a half in Indianapolis, and that's a lot of points uh, to give against a, a great Northwestern defense. But I'm going to do it. This this Ohio State offense is just unfair with Justin Fields and all the weapons. I'm going to roll with them. I think they can put up thirty five plus on just about anyone. Uh, Ryan Day has had a, a week off to to get ready for this one, and the reason, the big reason I like Ohio State is that their one kind of main weakness with that secondary and the pass defense is not something that Northwestern with their receivers is well-equipped to take advantage of.
2: I 100% agree. They cannot uh, take advantage of that that flaw in o- in Ohio State. That, that Peyton Ramsey and that offense is, it's pretty pedestrian, and they're just not going to be able to put up enough points to match the Buckeyes. I, Northwestern's defense is sweet, and they're they'll make... They're not going to make it easy on on Justin Fields, but Ohio State they got a they got a point to prove to get to the get in the playoff. They're going to make that statement, I think, especially having the couple of weeks off here. I'm actually going to make them my lock mm. given all these points. Sorry, oh, my double. car is a little messed up there. Ooh, wow. Oh, oh man. man. Yeah.
0: Take it to the shop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going the other way, guys. Uh, I'm taking Northwestern. Okay. I like that. That's a ton of points, man. Kind of like when Northwestern went up against the Badgers and they were pretty pretty solid underdogs the bad the northwestern just knows how to muck it up their defense is really good they'll shorten the game take advantage of of mistakes um i and ohio state they've shown flaws they've shown flaws this year indiana of course made that very very interesting and ohio state was supposed to be ready ready to go for that one They needed to make a statement and uh, that one and ended up being a nail biter at the end so 20 and a half give me northwestern with that great defense i uh i definitely think they can keep it there so taking the wildcats
1: all right big 12 championship oklahoma minus five and a half against iowa state in jerry world
0: back to you ryan all right uh yeah i'm taking the cyclones how can we not uh you know they're they've this is i'm this is gonna be a great game though just because both these teams have been playing extraordinarily well they're not limping in at all they're not backing into it at any point they're just they're both playing their best football right now um but i i just see this as almost a toss-up iowa state has been very very good of course iowa state beat them earlier in the year uh brock purdy has played his best football their defense has picked it up the last part of the year i just don't see a huge gap uh between these two teams um you know i know Us defense picked it up since probably since when iowa state first played um but again iowa state's better so you give me five and a half uh when iowa state already beat them yeah yeah i think this is going to be right there so give me the cyclones
2: yeah. Um I'm I'm with you on the Cyclones. I know Oklahoma in their last, you know, half dozen games have been playing like we kinda all thought they would in the beginning of the year, maybe even better, as that defense has been uh, improving as we alluded to. But I will say, granted that the, the cyclones haven't had the toughest stretch lately, they've been they've been pretty pretty impressive west virginia i think is a pretty good team they just annihilated them and mm-hmm. i guess you could argue at also at texas is a pretty good one so now i think about it, not not too bad of a slate recently um i know they're new to this big 12 title thing but i'm just impressed with them i i like their moxie coach campbell uh pretty and hall have been stepping up so i think uh i'll take the points with the clones I am with you guys. uh It's just even
1: just going back the last few years of, of Campbell's tenure, it feels like they are always playing pretty close games with with Oklahoma. And yeah, this is probably uh, Campbell's times. best team. So yeah, taking the points.
0: Are we uh, moving I, I just on to, to say I don't like OU. I mean, I I really oh no, do like OU is great. Just high on both these teams, you know. So yeah, agreed. I mean, yeah, OU agreed. was.
1: I think all of our picks in the preseason to win the Big Twelve title. So uh yeah, i think so. No surprise a really bold call by by us if that's the case yeah (laughs) Yeah. so the one game we're gonna break down a little bit here that is not a uh championship game is is texas a&m at tennessee because of course it's relevant to the playoff a&m is favored 14 what do you think trey
2: yeah the a&m of course they want to make that last statement for the committee if they if they do get that that opportunity uh then with the vols there's a lot of unrest in the fan base they want pruitt gone they had six double digit losses before beating Vanderbilt last week. Um they ha- they kind of have musical chairs at quarterback, but it's been a two quarterback system lately with the young guys Harrison Bailey and JT Shrout. Um they've shown a glimmer of hope for for Vols fans and I just don't think A&M's playing their best ball right now. Uh they could have easily lost to Auburn a week ago. Mond really struggled against LSU a, a couple weeks prior to that. I'm going to take the two touchdowns with the Vols. Okay. I mean this line seems
1: about right to me I I don't really know who to pick but I guess I'll I'll lay the points uh, with that A&M running game and just because I'm kind of I'm kind of cheering for it because A&M winning and and winning big kind of does two things it makes the playoff debate more interesting and it makes Tennessee kind of like Jeremy Pruitt could be in some trouble if if they get blown out here and they're Sitting, what would their record be? I
0: don't even remember what they're three and seven. three and
1: seven. Yeah, is that right? So
0: that, uh, that'd be two, pretty rough. Getting getting kicked to the curb after year two, that'd be pretty uh, pretty tough. It would
1: be quick, job. but if they yeah. think they can go get Hugh Freeze, then they might do it. Yeah, no, it's fair.
0: It's true. Strange um, things have happened. Yeah, it for sure. Uh, Willie Taggart. um yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm gonna go with Michael. Also, go by the way, it's been. Is this
1: not his third year? This is this is is Pruitt's third year I think wow am man. I crazy I've, so he went he, he last year I thought because he, he finished so strong I thought he was he finished was so strong team. to go 8-5 and five or whatever he went but I thought that was year two
0: year one up, he well, maybe I, did, I'm going to look it up right now <laughs> it's I, crazy that we're no, having a I thought a it was his yeah. second year but I, I I could be wrong I could be wrong yeah me too me too um but i'm gonna go with you mike on this one i'm gonna take am going to take a and i think a ms defense i mean they, that that's a good d line one of the best d lines in the country honestly i think it's pretty underrated um yeah he went five and seven five and seven year one so oh crap yeah anyway well then it makes sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <okay>. third year <laughs> my bad no this year doesn't count guys that was just you know just, sure sure yeah uh wow dang how'd i mess that up anyways you're an idiot uh, man uh, I, pod. I don't like football um yeah i i do i think the a defense will shut down tennessee so i don't think they're going to need 31 whatever points a ton of points to to cover 14 i think they can do it relatively low scoring so give me the give me you know the ryan ryan missed both of these years <laughs>
2: oh nice <laughs> all right sunbelt championship I'm left we out. got louisiana I'm left
1: out. what's that ryan i'm left out here yeah that's fine we'll tell you after uh louisiana <laughs> <laughs> at coastal carolina The shots are favored three and a half, and if I set aside my bias, I I might it might be intriguing to to get three and a half points with a a talented team like Louisiana. But Coastal has been our team since the summer, Uh, and they've been more dominant than than Louisiana through their schedule for sure. They've got a chance to go twelve and zero with wins over BYU, App State, and it would be two over Louisiana. Like that's just insane, insanely good um so yeah give me give me coastal i'll I'll roll with grayson mccall he's having an unbelievable year as a freshman quarterback cj marable on the ground the highly likely combo uh wide receiver <laughs> and tight end and we didn't even bring up last week their their uh kind of miraculous last second win against troy i don't know about miraculous
0: but it was great clutch clutch. trojan like yeah, that's, that's a good good it word was. yes
2: it was clutch um you know this is that that rematch from earlier this year, where Coastal squeaked it out, uh, it's hard to go against our shots. But um, I'm saying they're going to win, but I am going to take the the Raising Cajuns to cover. Louisiana had an extra week to prepare. You know, Michael, you touched on it. Coastal had to sweat out that game yeah. on the road at Troy, um, scratch and claw. And and they're also the shots are going to be without their starting left tackle. And then Jimmy Chadwell indicated that their linebacker gladney he might play but won't be 100 uh, percent. so it might be something to watch and louisiana they've paid their dues they've been in this conference title game the last few years lost to app state great game great coaching matchup coastal wins our shots
0: win but i'll take louisiana to cover yeah that's a respectable argument right there uh but i'm gonna go with the shots i'm not going <laughs> i'm not going with any any ideas here just they've they're good man I, grayson mccall is the most underrated quarterback nationally he is he is so good um uh, I and that offense i know they're going to be without their left tackle but that offensive line is is legit i mean they move people they they run the ball really really well so i don't know i love their offense so creative their defense is flying around um give me the shots man they can do they'll beat louisiana again here that'd be sweet all right we got the
1: acc championship a rematch between clemson and notre dame in charlotte clemson is favored
0: ten and a half what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. It's a rather, rather bigger line uh, after Notre Dame beat him. I know it was overtime and in uh, Notre Dame and uh, it was over and they didn't have Trevor Lawrence, but we youngLA was amazing in that game. So um, I'm not, I'm not looking into that too much. I'm going to take Notre Dame. Um, I think they've proven that they're a legit team. I, I don't see them walking in there as any underdog. I don't see them walking in there intimidated. I think they're going in there knowing that they can win this game. Um and, you know, look what they did to North Carolina a couple weeks ago. And that, that amazingly high-powered offense, they shut them out in the second half. Just completely, after that first quarter settled in, boom. North Carolina couldn't do anything. Um, and we know how good, great that offense is. So I trust Ian Book. Uh, I trust their ground game. Uh, they're going to be solid on that. And I know, so I just don't see that good of a team uh, getting blown out, really. I mean, they don't have to get blown out. But I just don't see yeah. them by losing by more than 10.5. I think it'll be a good game. Actually, I'm gonna make Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm. Whoops, I hit my my bed. <laughs> my bad. I'm getting oh, a little excited. Really excited. Whoa.
2: Really excited for that. Stop lock. Go Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs>
0: lock of the day. Lock of the week. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean. It is a, a big spread. Most ratings and metrics would maybe say this is too many points to give, but I'm, I'm going to lay them with Clemson. Notre Dame was fortunate to beat Clemson in South Bend. Uh, Clemson had a late lead with that freshman quarterback, Uylo- Um But, you know, credit Ian Book and the Irish. They came back and they won in overtime. Um, and then I agree, Ryan, that North Carolina win was impressive. But I just think Clemson, since that loss, they annihilated Pitt, annihilated Virginia Tech on the road, this is when they traditionally peak. They're desperate since they know they pretty much have to win to get in the playoff, whereas Notre Dame is feeling pretty comfortable. Give me Dabo's boys. All right, yeah, you make some good points there. And and also to your point about picking Clemson,
1: it wasn't just Trevor Lawrence that was, was missing for that Notre Dame game. They had a few other crucial players out, but now Tyler Davis is back on the defensive line. Mike Jones back at linebacker. James Skalski is supposed to be back for for this game, so that'll that'll help. It's It's a little, I don't want to say like a totally different team than than notre dame faced earlier but pretty different um but to me I, I agree with ryan 10 and a half is just too many points to lay i think notre dame's a, a really good team and i don't see the gap as quite quite that large so give me notre dame moving on to the mountain west championship boise state is favored six and a half
2: against san jose state in las vegas uh who do you like trey I hate to go against my Spartans this year. Uh, I've been following them all year, but I'm going to go with the top dogs of the conference, Boise. They've won fourteen fourteen straight against Mountain West teams. You know, uh, San Jose State. They are one of the best stories in the, the the country, but they had the 95th toughest schedule, so they didn't wasn't terribly difficult. Still impressive. Uh, and Boise, they weren't healthy all year, especially at quarterback. Now Bachmeyer is there. I think he's going to outperform Starkel. Carson also indicated that uh, George Helani should be back after meaning, missing the last few games at running back. He was limited last week against Wyoming, but he said he should be more effective this week. I'm going to take the Broncos.
1: All right, I'm going to go the other way. I just looking at at what Boise has done this year and what San Jose has done. Like I don't think they're. I mean, I think San Jose State's got a, a better resume. It's not like Boise's been blowing out teams uh, in a way that San Jose State hasn't. They've both been you know you look at similar opponents it's kind of gone similarly and um i think you know I, I love nick starkle and i know that uh um he was horrible for for arkansas before but he's clearly a totally different guy now and he's got a good
0: group of receivers bailey gather i think they're leading receivers so so yeah he's give me good. give me this give me the spartans yeah i um if you just kind of put the blinders on and don't really look at the, who these teams are, just look at the resumes. Like kind of almost like what Michael was it's saying. Point. They're just, they're just. I don't see much difference here. Uh, so I, I'm going to take San Jose State as well. I love the fact that they throw the ball over the yard and I love the fact that they go deep. Like it feels, it feels like every other play. I um, mean, looking for Bailey Gaethers just running down the field. So they stretch that defense, um, and I just like the way it opens up. So Brett Brennan's done a great job. Spartans are team of destiny this year. Not <laughs> going to go against them all right we got two more conference championships here
1: the aac we've got tulsa at cincinnati uh, and the bearcats are favored 14 unfortunately we talked about basically no chance for for cincinnati to make the playoff but still a lot to play for an undefeated season and a new year six bowl uh is on the line for them if they if cincinnati loses then the winner of coastal louisiana is likely going to be that uh g5 participant in the in the new year six and uh, I say Cincinnati wins here. Obviously, I mean they're two touchdown favorite. Um, and Tulsa six and one, but not super impressive in how they got there. I do think though they have a, a good defense led by Zayvon Collins, so I think they can keep it relatively low scoring, maybe in the low forties. And fourteen points is valuable there, so I'll, I'll take plus fourteen.
2: The I it'll be practically a full month since Cincinnati played their last game at UCF. Um, so there, there's a little rust factor to worry about, but I am going to lay the points with Cincinnati. I think they're superior. Zach Smith, the quarterback for Tulsa, he's been a little prone to throwing interceptions, and now he's got to face one of the best defenses in the country. And Tulsa's been very fortunate. They yeah. they threw a Hail Mary against Tulane to, to win a game. ECU, a, a ref, blew a call. Um, they're still good, and and then but the fact that Ritter's kind of upped his game for Cincy's offense— I like Cincinnati to to clinch that New Year's Six
0: spot here. Yeah, I like Cincinnati to win, uh, but I I'm going to take Tulsa Tulsa to cover here. Um, kind of like Michael said, their defense is, is, is still pretty good, and I know Ritter has gotten better, but let's also not. I mean, I don't Cincinnati's not some high flying, up uh, tempo, crazy, uh, high scoring offense. So uh, I know Tulsa can still kind of muck it up a little bit, and I do like Zach Smith, and kind of like you mentioned Trey. Tulsa just they've managed to win, <laughs> hasn't looked all that great Fair. but they've just kind of managed and it's almost like a northwestern type of feel like they just do it i'm not gonna yeah. go against it so uh i mean since he's the better team but uh give me tulsa plus the uh plus the points all right
1: last game we got here sec championship alabama is a 17 point favorite against florida in atlanta
0: taking the gator trying to win outright yeah no okay sorry uh i wish i could i wish i could i picked them before the year uh to be in the playoff but that that shoe toss just did me in so not that <laughs> maybe not, not that they were going to win this game anyways but you never know um i i mean I'm, I'm gonna take bama uh i've been doing it the last few weeks even though they've been big favorites and you're like they can't this is getting too big it's getting too big and each time they just like cover easy 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 yeah can see them doing it again uh, i mean i know Florida's going to get kyle pitts back for this game uh, which is ginormous he's the best receiving threat maybe in the country um uh, kyle trask and him will i'm sure we'll put up some points but that florida defense just does not inspire me right lsu move the ball pretty darn effectively uh against them uh, in acclimate weather and uh i just i don't know i think bama will kind of put up whatever they really want to be see like them getting up to 60 almost in this game so yeah. i really do i mean it could happen not, it wouldn't be that surprising right so yeah i'll take bama minus the points here if this was a normal
2: full slate season you know we'd be talking about bama as one of the best teams we've seen it still is uh um, that darn won every uh, game this
0: game right yeah.
2: but even so they've won every game by at least double digits <laughs> <That's true>. uh <laughs> and you touched on their their spread they've covered seven in a row you know, so if you're a Gator fan, you're kind of telling yourself, hey, you're, maybe you were looking ahead to this game, you didn't have Kyle Pitts, like you're, you're trying to make yourself feel, feel a little better, and and Michael, as you touched on, that post-game win expectancy, they they could have, should have won. Um, and, you know, just last week, there was a look-ahead look line for this game, and it was around 12 or 13 points, so I'm not going to totally overreact to that one game. It wasn't good, I understand, but I'm going to hesitantly get in front of that Alabama train and take the points what? with Florida here.
1: Yeah, I'm with Trey. I mean, I've I've been obviously very high in Alabama since the beginning of the season. They were my, you know, national championship pick. Um, and I've I feel like I've been picking them a lot, even with these big spreads the last few weeks. But I don't know. I mean, eighteen point or I guess it's seventeen, sorry. Uh seventeen points is just for me, too many against Florida's offense. It's I just think great offense beats great defense. And so I think Florida, even though their running game's been mediocre, Passing game is incredible. So I think they can put up, put up enough points to kind of hang in there. And the, like we said, the loss to LSU doesn't bother me that much because they outgain them per play by a huge edge. So I don't really think that much less of them. Like we say, Kyle Pitts is back. Um, and so I, and even like a backdoor cover, even if they do get killed, I just feel like Trask yeah. could be throwing touchdown passes late. So give me Florida and I'm going to make them my lock. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All and right. by the way, the, the Heisman Trophy could be yeah. on the line here because there's three guys in this game who have a chance. Uh, you got Mac Jones, of course. Devontae Smith has been getting a ton of buzz lately. And then, of course, Kyle Trask. I feel like if, if Florida wins this
2: and Trask has a big game, it's going be, gonna to be tough to deny uh, Trask. You think you think like if you're Mac Jones, you're like I'm just not gonna throw to him. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm gonna go the Mitchie other way. You know what? I think Mechie looks open like, right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, he, he's got
1: it. You We should just run the ball a bunch. I'm <an> gonna <laughs> audible Najee Harris. Yeah,
2: Najee Harris is the man, but not yeah. too
1: much because Najee's. Yeah, Nazi he's too, he's too. hanging in there. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be really funny if he just like <laughs> zero targets for Devonta Smith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right. Well, let's uh, close out this episode with a questionable finish. Mackenzie Milton announced he is transferring to Florida State. What is one of your favorite comeback
0: stories in sports history? I'm going to go with Seabiscuit and Red Pollard. Uh, Uh Horse rate. Horses. uh, Thoroughbred horse from about 80 years ago or so. Seabiscuit ruptured, attended in his front leg, you know, an injury that... Usually not not a good sign for for horses, Um, but, you know, not just their racing careers, of course. But then, of course, Red Pollard, he broke his leg in a fluke accident as well. So they they both broke their legs and they're trying to recover and boom, they come back and end up winning the Santa Anita Handicap. Uh, And it, it was just kind of a crazy kind of comeback for both of them
1: all right well uh, mine is maybe not my it's definitely not my favorite actually but just kind of a memorable one was brett Favre's 2009 season with minnesota because the year before with the jets Favre had 22 touchdowns 22 interceptions but then <laughs> very next year 2009 he comes back he's you know of course the drama with him retiring and whatnot uh he had the lowest interception percentage in the nfl that year and they almost made the super bowl
2: of course And a late interception by him cost them the Super Bowl, you know, (laughs) The irony. Yeah. I got to go just because I love him. Tiger Woods winning the Masters last year. I know some of his comeback was because of self-inflicted things with the the scandal and whatnot. But on top of that, numerous injuries, uh, surgeries, the major back issue. He overcame it. Hadn't won a major in over 10 years. Wins the Masters. Great scene. Oh, your answer wins. Yeah, that was great. Yeah.
0: Tigers was awesome.
2: It was.
1: All right, go on the record. Give me your prediction of the top four seeds
2: in order after this weekend. After this weekend, going pretty chalky: Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Uh, ditto. That's what I'm going with.
1: Three-peat. Pete. All right. I thought you were just going to point <laughs> at me, Ryan. The listeners can't can't hear you point. <laughs> All right. Uh, Last question: We got to give an upset special, a seven-plus point underdog to win outright. Give me Florida to win outright against Bama. I mean, obviously, (laughs) I, 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 the Kyle, the Kyle twins, man. Yeah, Kyle to Kyle, Kyle Trask for Heisman. Who knows? You know, if Ole Miss can hang with them, I know Bama's defense wasn't playing as well back then, but you never know.
2: I'm gonna go with. Stanford. They're getting seven against UCLA. They've won a few on the road, including at Washington and Oregon State last couple weeks. UCLA could be dejected after losing that heartbreaker in their rivalry against SC.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm going to go with the the Golden Hurricane. I'm going to take take Tulsa to uh, knock off uh, Cincinnati. Um, Just think, Tulsa's got a really good defense uh, and they're an experienced QB as well. Um, And plus, we had a little bit of a friendly. Chatting our Discord about this game. Our, our good friend in, our, in the Discord, uh, Kenny, is uh he's uh, he's, he, he lo- he's he loves him some Cincinnati. And I get it. They're really, really good. No doubt about it. So I'm, ha- I'm half-heartedly taking this just to <laughs> give him a little nudge as well. <laughs> okay. okay, good chance This is for Fair you, Kenny.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. Uh, we realize that early signing period uh, begins on Wednesday for recruiting well, we always have a, a full recruiting episode for sure um, after the February signing day. We might have a few thoughts next week, but for the most part, I think we'll, we'll let 24-7 sports cover recruiting. They do a pretty good job of that. Um, but, yeah, we're focused on championship week, so enjoy the games. And we will talk to you next week, or if you join our Patreon, we'll, we'll see you on Thursday.
0: Please do. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.